Hello, and Hello. welcome <laughs> to a podcast, which, if you can't tell, is going through something right now. Mitchell has laryngitis! Woo! Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's when you lose your voice. Oh. It's the inflammation-itis of the larynx. Oh, that's fantastic. This is your anatomy lesson, lesson. for today. Uh, Carmela, you can talk whenever, but I will introduce you guys as well. Okay. If you haven't already heard, uh, we are lucky enough to have a guest uh, with us today who is absolutely amazing, and she will go on about her uh, amazing artistic abilities and her wonderful talents. But first, um, I just want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to us, uh, especially through this episode as I navigate my uh, croakiness. Maybe this is like the new designer voice. Like it's actually, no. they just want it next time. Uh, They're like, wow, not. you sound so cool. No, it does not. <laughs> um, the person who thinks, I mean, the person who sounds so cool right now is me, and Mitchell uh, Regan. Obviously, you've heard my voice through the entire time you've listened to a podcast. 16 episodes, y'all. This is 17. Woo! Uh, and the person who, for some reason, thinks I'm cool. I can never understand that, but she's always been with me uh, through all of it. Um, and also, as I'm to understand, just stole a truck full of hot flaming flavors. Flaming flavors. flavors. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell them I stole the truck. Oh, my Damn. bad. Well, I mean, Big came up to me and approached me and I just, I folded. He's too handsome. Uh, is uh, our other host, Teresa Stoddard. Hey, hey Teresa. How are you? And today we have the very special guest, Carmilla Voyez. Hello, everyone. And, yes, and she's going to be talking about her novel, Star Blood, at the end. But first, we're going to get into talking about reservation dogs. Now, this is our second attempt because our audio did the big die last time. Oh, we're, we're getting all the details out, huh? Listen, yes, we are very transparent here. That's true. If we have a bad time, you're going to know. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to quickly talk about uh, the show that we're going to discuss, Res Dogs. It was created by uh, Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. It stars uh, four teenagers that are in a reservation in Oklahoma. Um, it stars Devry Jacobs as Alora. Uh, it stars the Pharaoh Wunatai as Bear. Coolest name. Lane Factor as Cheese and Paulina Alexis as Willie Jack. Those two are the goat. And those are four antagonists. I mean, uh, protagonists. Yikes! For uh, the series, but what we're mostly going to discuss, and just a reminder, this is not a recap podcast. This is just our opinions on art that we love. Uh, we're lucky enough to be able to share that with other artists as well, like Carmela. Uh, so if you're here for a recap, that's not what we do here. We just share our opinions, our thoughts, our in-depth analysis. And I'll start with you, Carmela. Uh, why did you pick the pilot episode? Fucking res dogs. Fucking res dogs. As the... Um... Uh, piece of media you wanted to discuss today 
Well, I have to admit there are a couple of others that I wanted to discuss. One of them have been taken and one of them you haven't watched yet. So I'm going to try and get you to watch that and we'll discuss that later. But I have absolutely adored watching Reservation Dogs. So it, you know, that that was that was the clear winner after those two. <laughs> now, what was your first choice that was already taken? Oh, my God. I can't even remember now. Isn't that ridiculous? Was it The Menu? Have you seen no, The Menu? I have seen The Menu, and I heard the podcast on it, which I thought was excellent. Oh, um, so but, no, it wasn't The Menu. It was definitely a horror one, though. And you know oh. what? It's It's gone. But the one I do want to talk to you about when you get to watch it is Talk To Me. Yes, we're very excited. It finally went down in price, so five ninety nine, a lot more palatable than $20. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't $20 here. <laughs> so what about you, uh, what about, sorry, what about the episode, the first episode of the show uh, spoke to you, or what What did you want to highlight, or what, what are things that you enjoyed or loved about it? Well, I just thought it was beautifully shot throughout. Um, I mean, those first four minutes when we're blasting Iggy Pop and uh, Bear's kind of running out and they're meeting up with everybody. They're still in the truck. You've got flaming flamers. You've got sparks coming out the back. Um, and then you've got those crazy, who they call meth heads, that they drop the truck off to. You've got that weird guy that says, because um, I cue. It's like, what? It was just brilliant. Four minutes, so much action. You get to see the uh, time that they're living in. You're getting to understand what these characters are up to and it is just such a blast such fun i mean all the way through the humor in there is brilliant don't you think oh absolutely yes um i wanted to say though on the humor route um i don't know if you guys knew this but serlin harjo is part of a uh comedy trope or comedy troupe uh, called 1495. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so that's where a lot of the his comedic uh, writing comes in. Oh, it's you can fantastic. Really tell. Yeah. You can really tell because it has a real um, kind of lived-in humor. Like, you can tell they're, like, inside jokes between people in the community, people, the... Um, the the res dogs themselves. Yes, definitely based off of lived experiences and like real people, which is another thing we said on the last podcast that doesn't exist anymore, is that like these people are based off of real people. Oh, it's a show. And another show that does that, I'll just mention it briefly because I know Mitchell likes to guide the podcast to be no, like no, exactly what the podcast is about, like details. But anyway, take the um, hosting duties. <laughs> primo. It's like Primo. Oh, yeah. Where I you love get that. somebody's culture and you go and you see them right and it's different but it's, it's a real so accessible and it's so like heartwarming and just like a really fun watch and it's like an easy watch even if they're going through something rough except for res dogs that's not an easy watch a lot of yeah. times yeah yeah i mean the community there is amazing and although it does feel very very different to my upbringing um yeah it's definitely relatable 
I mean, that whole idea that they have to get out of the town, that's the only way that they can grow right. as people. They feel stifled. I mean, I would imagine that's a fairly universal feeling for people of that age that are coming of age. And yeah. I just thought it really spoke to me. Well, I think it's beautiful because it's a coming of age story and a slice of life. Mm. And it's really coming at you at all types of like human connections that they have. Yeah, um, and so many connections, both alive and dead. Spoiler! Right, <laughs> Yes, true. I'm actually going to mention just a slight spoiler real quick. Is just, it starts off, how do we leave this place? But it kind of goes to, how do we save this place? Yeah. Which is a yep. really cool progression to watch in a show. Well, and... Because it's like some episode. I was going to say, yeah, exactly what Carmela just said was... It, within one episode, when Bear experiences uh, William Knifeman, yes, <laughs> oh, fantastic. who's also in that comedy troupe. That's great. Yeah, um, I wonder if he does that bit in the comedy troupe because that would be really fantastic. Um, but within just that one episode, where he appears to him and says, "You have to protect your own. You have to protect your people. What have you done for your people?" Yeah, like it's almost a microcosm of what the series eventually yes. does. Because in the overarching, it gets even further. Right, right. But um, another slight spoiler: Willie Jack is the only one that's like, "No, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to help my people." That's before she even finds what she really wants to do in life. So it's really nice to see that, like, while they're a really close knit group, they're still doing what they need to do for themselves, which is hard when you get swept up in doing what your friends do. So it's right. like a really good role model for people. Right. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be under the same peer pressure. Uh, right. She's definitely your own person, isn't she? And she has a lot of different angles. She's, uh, I think in the first episode, she's possibly the least developed, or at least I thought so. But as the series carries on, she... Oh, yeah. I, mean, I feel it's because she's a bit quieter. Yeah. I also feel like a lot of it is the influence of the... The actors themselves. And also Cheese is amazing. Nothing Cheese is more unfair, but Cheese, he's there always to give his pronouns and get pronouns, and he's just such a sweet guy. Yep, he him is. <laughs> yes, yeah, every single time. He's Lane Factor really brings that performance to life. And I feel like um and we're gonna more focus on this episode, yeah. but one of the amazing things is I think because Devery Jacobs eventually gets into the writer's room. Yeah. Starts even directing episodes. I think one of the things that's amazing about this series and what makes it so special and unique is how the actors really make the characters their own. Mm, yeah. Yes, and also they're not getting random white people to play indigenous. And I think a lot of that very... I think a lot of that is due to the credit of fx and the fx on hulu um 30 minute kind of stuff because like i don't know if you've ever seen these series before but things like what we do in the shadows things like oh Atlanta. i love that yes yeah maybe one day we gotta We'd love to talk about that we've got matching jackie daytona shirts we'll have to wear them for the podcast <laughs> yeah we still need some nandor shirts but you have a nausea shirt i do i just found it yeah, you did. I, I lost it again, but it's 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 ready to be washed somewhere. But I was gonna say, I think uh, there's also Dave and Atlanta, which I did say before. Yeah. But they're like specific 
it seems like FX on Hulu has made like a, a, a choice to let these super creative people tell their own story about their own experiences. And it, especially with the show, this pilot, you can definitely tell like some of Sterling Harjo's um, and Taika Waititi as well, their influences, like a lot of like Linklater, a lot of like, um, uh, obviously Tarantino, a lot of... Uh, I didn't see very many feet, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Dear <laughs> Lady? Dear Lady. There you go. Um, hooves. hooves. Her feet behoove her. Uh, and also a little bit of Scorsese with the way the music is used. The way the music yeah. is used is, is so wonderful. And so um, also uh, just talking a little bit about the how it looks lived in. It's the FX allows them to shoot all of their stuff in Oklahoma on a reservation. So it's not like they're building a set like in Atlanta or like in Vancouver. It's, it's true to life. And I think that's one of the more wonderful things about it. I'm guessing a lot of the like dogs that we see and stuff like that are just there. Like they're real. And then extra toys as well. Do you remember that when they're kind of showing, um, they have like a montage of different things that is going on. There's a chicken and then there's a tortoise and I don't yeah. know, it just felt really that is the cutest pronunciation of tortoise I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is adorable. Yeah. That makes so much more sense with how it's spelled. Honestly, that should be the title of the episode. Tortoise. The tortoise. tortoise. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh dear. Fetishizing my accent, are you, Teresa? No, just being in awe of it. <laughs> just just adoring it and loving it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. In in a nice, kind, respectful manner. There's catfish <laughs> and the people who get down with catfish. Oh yeah. And not just the kind you eat. Mm, wow, I have a joke that might be too off color for this podcast. Yeah. We're skipping ahead to the end of the season. Okay, I'm going to say it anyway, guys. If you are easily offended, do not listen to what I'm going to say next. Oh, God, we're going to get canceled. So they, it's the catfish they eat and the catfish that eat them. Moving right along. (laughs) You worried Spotify might... um, Spotify's like, get out! (laughs) Uh, Warning. It's not Amazon. May contain adult content. Adult yeah. catfish content. <laughs> but yeah, um, no safe fish work. <laughs> oh, no safe fish work. Uh, so Carmela, what you know? What other feelings did you have about this episode? What what things stood out to you? Characters, actors. What what did you? I know you said you thought it was visually stunning, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you love the charge of the beginning, but. You know well, what? Well, my favorite scene has got to be the paint gun drive-by shooting. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got, I suppose it, you could call it like the urban um, incursion. You've got this new gang that show up and uh, it looks like uh, Bear uh, and the rest of the res dogs are being sort of killed. Um, but in fact, yes. they end up with these blobs of paint on them. But the way they fall back, I mean, it is just choreographed beautifully. And exactly. Then that transition, haven't you, where he first meets uh, William Knifeman. 
but I just that that scene was like, oh my god, how on earth are they killing the main characters right at the start? I just thought it was brilliant. The Last of Us is looking at them like, no, you don't. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was so like my heart was in my throat when I was like, what? Like, I kind of like these characters. We're killing them already. Um, And then Bear levitates, and then that's how we meet William Knife. Hands. Oh yeah, the, the I was going to call him William Knife Face. Is it Knife uh, Hands? Knife, knife Man. I must have misheard it. No Knife Hands. Knife it's Hands, hands right? Oh, it's Knife and something. Okay, Knife Man, William Knife Man, and that's where the aspect ratio changes <laughs> yes. as well, which is yeah. a really nice touch. Oh, um, it's fabulous. <laughs> that's definitely my favorite part of it. I mean, start with Iggy Pop end with this cut well not end but sort of the midpoint yeah. have this amazing scene it just blew me away it really did it was fantastic I, and then i like the really cute things like in the store where um where the storekeeper whose name i forget um kind of says to uh cheese or just tell me what you're stealing so i can write it off and she's yeah. like oh, this little lollipop and i thought that was so adorable yeah and I like that he still allows him to call it stealing. Yeah. Even though, like, he's looking like, can I take this? Right. <laughs> and I also oh, really that. love when they're interrogating everybody and we meet almost everybody on the reservation. Oh, you mean when uh, Big is speaking to them about all the crimes that have happened? Is that what yes. you mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. And everybody's going by and like buying flaming flamers and they're just kind of hiding the cooler like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they can't get the money back out of the bike at the end. <laughs> yeah. And then. Well, that's when we meet uh, Mechel and Mose, right? Yeah. They're not related whatsoever, so yeah, the no. casting is phenomenal. Oh, Fassie is one of the best parts about this, this show, man. They are really good, yeah. I mean, again, the comedy there is just brilliant. And, and if one thing I could just speak about the casting, I think one of the, like, shout out to one of my favorite TV actors, Saul McLaren, who plays Big. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the magical things about him as an actor is he's such an amazing dramatic performer. With other things he's been in, like uh, Dark Winds. Which we have to get back to, and we will report to you on that. <laughs> um, and also, there's an amazing episode of Westworld. He's also in the second season of Fargo. But this is the first time he's ever been allowed to, like, exercise his, his comedic chops. And he is hilarious. He is in brilliant. This I mean, it, it in in the uh, in the section where they're driving the truck, and he's just completely oblivious. Yes. And then when he's speaking to them, and he's like listing all these things, and you think, does he know? Does he know? But he, he doesn't seem no. to. <laughs> and, and then he's more worried about all the supernatural things. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and the dear I also, lady is just fab. I also love the fact that. He presents the dear lady to them, but he does so with such like, like I'm telling a story. But he's like, "No, nah, man, I know the dear lady." Right. <laughs> and Bigfoot. He's always. Oh yeah, yeah Bigfoot. I love all the supernatural touches and aliens and everything like that that they just give to us without much context. Yeah. They're like, okay, there's aliens, Bigfoot. 
Well, I mean, when <laughs> when when you're dealing with the the spiritual or metaphysical or whatever and the reality so seamlessly, that then why not? You know, having yeah. all of these legends put in makes sense. It makes sense in the story. Yeah, and then and then also I love the uh, when you talk about the urban incursion that occurs. Yeah, that uh, could be the maybe it's an urban tortoise incursion. <laughs> Well, but that because because the the kids they get their name, uh, I think from Miko and and Mose, yeah, they're like the res dogs, the res dogs. But then they're going up against like the what they call the Indian mafia. Yeah, is the yeah. other group with White Steve. White Steve, <laughs> yeah. I love White Steve. He's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. But hey, they, they, they support him. Though. You know, as as the series goes on, he, he you know he doesn't seem like. You know, he's not trying to say that he's part of the culture. No, absolutely. He's just their friend. Right. And he's respectful about the culture as well. And when he does get a chance to participate in things, the joy on his face is just, I mean, it's genuine, isn't it? I think. Oh, well, absolutely. I feel like he would be othered in other communities. So it's really nice to see the inclusion of him here. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you guys think about the decision? Uh, to start the show that is so joyous and so full of life with four friends who are grieving the loss of their best friend. Well, it, it made out, sense you... to me because that was part of the reason why they felt they needed to get out because although they've got these wonderful connections in the community, um, that their, their, their friend Daniel has died. Um, right. What, what I understood from it, even in the first show, is I got the feeling that he, he killed himself. And they feel that if they don't leave, they're going to be pulled down into the same situation. In fact, they, they have this discussion where I think it's Cheese says, or oh, in one in five Native Americans suffer from depression. And it kind of, it, it, it grounds it in this reality that in fact, although this life um, is joyous it's also really really hard it's really difficult and there's a lot of historical reasons for that I mean you've got the whole thing I suppose about um, inherited trauma haven't you and maybe that applies here too because a lot of the people who are older um, remember some of the residential schools yeah and they actually visit that a little bit more in further episodes right Which yeah I think it's in season now three isn't it is that right yeah, yeah. the last one yeah. last season um but it's kind of a little bit hinted there yes especially with the classroom scene and everything like and that. i love bear's mom and then <laughs> i love his dad who's like a failed rapper and bear's <laughs> just so so into his like he's so like any any child they want to think their parents are awesome they want right. to say i came from greatness so he's very much, very much um, disillusioned into like how involved in the role his father plays. So I, I know. Was... Sorry, oh, sorry. Leah. No, no, yes. no, you're gone. I think it was Victor Lavalley. Um, he wrote a book called Changeling that is is amazing. It's it's a fantasy novel, um, but he wrote something along the lines of um, mothers are hated for staying and fathers oh. are loved for going. 
And right. that kind of, yeah, that kind of worked for me on that level as well. You know, the fact that he could idolize his father because his father wasn't there. Perhaps if his father had stayed around, being as toxic as it seems in season three that he is, he wouldn't be quite so adored. Right. You're talking about the, the novel by Victor Lavelle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. But, um, but no, it was, I think you're right. Yeah, it was a line that kind of stuck with me, possibly because, you know, my own kid's father is kind of um, distant. <laughs> Not present. <laughs> I think that was the most polite way anyone has ever put that. Big same, but he has a new dad now. Hello, uh... Mitchell. <laughs> new and improved. He was just talking about that today. He was like, thanks for life, but no, I don't like you. Oh, oh, that what Luke said? Then? Yes, because uh, I was talking about like getting divorced, uh, and he was like, "Yes, do that, yay!" Oh. And then he's like, "Thanks for life, but I never want to see you again." That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'm okay with that. I'll give you the tea off, um, pod off, Mike. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and I love his relationship with his mother, and when he goes to take money from her wallet but really he's placing it back in because he gave yeah her that was really clever yeah yeah and i had to rewind it because i thought at first he was taking money out and i thought no here. no he wasn't because was like a lot of teenagers will do that which isn't a good thing but like it's also not the end of the world mm. luke if you're listening it's the end of the world don't do that <laughs> um <laughs> but I was just like, that's so sweet. Like, that's the dream that you would just like. It's such a small detail. You're a teenager. It's not its own plot. You should point. be self interested in the fact that you're just, you know, your mom works hard and you're just like, let me give this to her. So sweet and heart, heart like touching and like also heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> but then he is, he is the protector. And in fact, one of the things that I enjoyed about this so much, both with Bear and with Cheese, was this. Beautiful um, illustration of very positive masculinity because oh, you yeah. often see masculinity presented in quite a toxic way. But no, I mean, they are both beautiful people who talk about loving each other all the time uh, and and uh, aren't afraid to kind of hug and stuff. And I just thought that was, yeah. It really did. It kind of went in with that. And the way that he makes sure that Alora straps in her um, seatbelt, even though he doesn't, because he doesn't want her to get hurt when they're driving away. It's, yeah. Exactly. feels like the protector. And I always think it's very, it's a good sign. It's very refreshing. So people, if you're out, like, getting ready to date someone, look at their friends. If it's a male and he has zero female friends, there is a reason for that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yet you often get um, girls saying, oh, I don't want my partner having female friends. It's like, yeah, no, that's really another really toxic. Do. That's due to toxic masculinity <laughs> itself, thinking that, like, well, to go. The only reason for a woman is to be yeah. in a relationship to serve you. To go with our own friend groups to the this specific friend group, um, out of and we it's hard to choose favorites, but out of all of the the res dogs, I have a fifty who, fifty split. Who would you? Lower. Who would you want to spend uh, the day with? And what do you do with with that person? 
Carmella. Oh, gosh. My goodness. Okay. Well, I have to say, I'm over 50, so they're all a bit young, possibly. To... Okay, let's put I'll, you... I'll, I'll hang out with Big. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I think I'd want to do that anyway. You're a teenager. You're a teenager. a teenager. You're part of the Res Dogs. Who are you connecting with? I think Willie Jack. Okay. Yeah. yeah and what, sure what do you and Willie Jack do for the day? Um... What would we do for the day? Maybe we go, I don't know, look at, eat catfish. There you go. Catfish is life. <laughs> How about you, Teresa? Who are you hanging out with? It's got to be, got to be my man Cheese. Um, we'll go politically correct somewhere. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, we'll, I'll, I'll have him on the podcast. We'll hang. I feel like he would be an awesome hang at like a Bernie Sanders rally or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> But if I can pick two, I'm bringing my girl Willie Jack too. Um, and this is my final question uh, to wrap no, up. No, you didn't answer. Oh, I didn't. Answer. I mean, you kind of did with Big, but I feel like that's too obvious for you. Pick someone else. I. I want to go different here. Yeah. I I would like to hang out with Alora. Um, I like that she's really strong-willed. Uh, she really like bucks a lot of the trend. She's her own person, and like she kind of marches to the tune of her own, like the beat of her own drums. Mm-hmm. And it would be really cool to 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 just like gain her perspective of um of life. Plus, I feel like we would just do like the craziest crimes together. That's funny <laughs> you say that because I feel like I'm the most like Alora. I also agree with that. I hundred <laughs> percent agree with that. I would agree with that. All right, now time to my final question. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, you've never seen the show before. First off, like slight shame on you. <laughs> it's a great show. Uh, it has it has everything that I could ever want in a television show, and I think it starts right at the first episode. So let's say, person listening, we love all of our listeners. So thank you for listening this far. What would you tell them? And I'll start with Camilla. What would you tell them to convince them to watch the show? Just that it is an absolute visual treat. I mean, even without the beautiful characterization, the intricate plot lines and subplots, it is a visual treat. And the way they use music is very clever as well. So that is what I would, uh, I mean, if you like things like, Tarantino's films, you're definitely going to love this because it is just a feast. Yeah. And it also reminds me to talk about the film influence. It reminds me of stuff like, I don't know if you've you've ever seen any Linklater films. I don't know. I don't think you have, Teresa. You have to give me names of titles. So, I don't talk like about names. Fast Times at Ridgemont High School. At Ridgemont I know High. of it, but no. Um, no. Boyhood. No. Um, no. Gosh, he just did one recently as you well. You could be making up not no, these movies are, for all I know. Um, I think it's like it's like a ba- it's about a baseball team. That, um, I'm already done. Oh no, no, <laughs> but it's like around the people uh, in a baseball uh, camp. Kind of like how Breaking Bad isn't actually about meth. Sure. Or Ozark is not actually about money laundering. It's about everything else that goes with it. Yeah. But uh, but you can tell, like, because it's real slice of life. He also did the all the before midnight, uh, the that uh, those movies with Ethan Hawke, ironically. <laughs> um, what did we just see with him in it? 
Yeah. Where's the house? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking first episode only. And I, know, I love I know. how you're trying to conserve your voice, yet you keep adding more and more. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. So I mean, I'm just laughing that you're like... Oh. Well, I was going to say that to Teresa, what would you say to convince people to watch this? No, you first. Me first? Yes. So you just saw the whole, I could take a break? Nope. Me first? Yep. Um, if you like stories about communities that you're not very familiar with, if you like um, finding the humor in everyday slice of life ideas, if you want to see something that is a culmination of these creators, like especially with Taika Waititi and Sterling Harjo, who come from like 90s uh, independent cinema and also bring in their own spin on things with their life experience. Uh, this thing will hit every single pleasure center of your brain. And you will laugh, cry, uh, and enjoy every minute until it's gone, and then you will be so sad because it's gone. Um, but it is fantastic. The whole journey of the show is amazing, and uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. And the Teresa. fact that they're only 30 minutes each means that you can just oh, yeah. binge watch them over I the mean, weekend. That's secretly my favorite part of the whole thing. That is 0% secret. If a show is 20 to 30 minutes, Mitchell will watch yeah, it. Yeah, I usually buy it. Just... <laughs> uh, okay, so Teresa, your turn. Okay. It's fun. And it shows a different spin on millennial children. Um, they're true. really probably further in... What's the one Gen after? Z. Gen Z? Yeah, they're probably more Gen Z. Probably Gen Z. I, I do like the connections that they do make for each one of the generations, though. Yes. Uh, especially with the way they treat their elders. Well, that wraps up our discussion with uh, this episode and this fantastic show. But before we say goodbye... Um, We've carved out some time for Carmilla to talk about her newly released, re-released novel, yeah. Starblood. And I'm so excited. I need to read it. I fell down on the job. Um, things have been a little wild. Um, and I've been very bad at reading lately. So if you have any tips to get me back in, let me know. Dear viewers, listeners, peoples. <laughs> uh, so, Carmela, yes. go ahead. Tell us. No problem. Yeah, I was hoping that Teresa and I could have had a big, long discussion about this book, but she let me down. <laughs> um, so, it's a book that actually was my debut release back in 2011. But since then, it's had a lot of work done on it and it's got a brand spanking new cover and it's out again. Um, it's the first book in a trilogy and book Two will be coming out in the start of November and book three at the start of December. And it's got bisexual protagonists. It's got a demon in it. Um, it's got lots of magic. and uh, But it's also got a lot of violence and a fair amount of erotica as well. So, yeah, um, I've been told it's a very visual novel. And in fact, because uh, everyone was telling me, you've got to try and get somebody to make a movie from this. And I had no idea how to go about that. We'd actually, I did get together with an artist from Belarus and we made a couple of graphic novels. So if you prefer wow. comics, there's wow. graphic novels for books one and two as well. 
Mitchell loves graphic novels so much. Oh, that well, is amazing, yeah. and I can't wait to see it. Um, yes. So the first thing is we'll get a, we'll get a screenplay written, and then start shopping it around. I would do it to some of the things where you like to view things the most. Yeah. Like so, Netflix is out, but. <laughs> Why is Netflix out? I mean, they did, um, what, what was that? Some brand new cherry flavor. I mean, that was weird and magical. Well, I haven't seen a good thing on Netflix in a while is all I'm saying. They used to have some really good. If they well, did it all a Stranger Things. Then they're due. Or, yeah, okay. Pick up Carmela's yes. screenplay, guys. All right. Yeah. But I know Pick a lot of people new are... horror. Don't keep doing remakes. Thank you. For real. <laughs> Reach. That will be amazing. Is there anything yeah, I mean, else? I, fingers crossed, but I won't hold my breath. But no, I mean, I, I love the novel. I really love the trilogy. I'm ever so proud of it. And I hope that people will pick it up and enjoy it too. Um, so it's available on Amazon. It's Carmela Voyez, Starblood, Psychonaut, and The Death and Resurrection Show. And if you think, God, those are interesting titles, they're actually the names of songs that I really like by James oh. Fields of the Nephilim and Killing Joke. But they also awesome. resonated with the stories too. So, That's yeah. awesome. That's really, I mean, I know our listeners would be very uh, interested to check those out. I'm personally interested. Now, how much <laughs> um, are they on Amazon? Um, on US, the ebooks, I think $3.99. Oh, um, this is less than coffee, guys. Yeah, the it's graphic good. novels are the same, but what I have heard is that graphic novels don't translate quite as well to ebook as the novels do. If you can afford them, they are better to get on paperback because then you can move back and For forth sure. and look at it. I mean, right that'd be worth it, in my opinion. If we do that, though, we'll go straight through you so you can autograph them for us. Oh, for the shipping sure. might be a little expensive, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> shipping is always expensive. Or, alternately, we'll go on a vacation, you pick go. you up, get the novels. Look <laughs> <Graphic laughs> yeah, <to> Scotland. <laughs> We'd love to, man. Yes, absolutely. So, is there anything else you'd like to plug anywhere they could find you, anywhere listeners would be able to? find anything and you'd, you'd like them to? Well, I've got a website that's got all my books details plus some free short stories to read. Um, so if you want to check that out, that's www.carmelavoyez.com. And yeah, you'll be able to find links to all my social media, some free short stories and details of all my novels at that website. And Teresa, can we put that possibly in the episode description? Oh, yeah, well? in the description, it will have all of that and anything else you want me to add. I can even add an excerpt if I have enough characters there. Oh, yeah, well, the, I've actually little... recorded an excerpt of, well, I've recorded chapter one of Starblood. Um, but it we could actually yeah. put that as a separate episode if you'd like. Yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah, I'll send it over, see what you want to do with it. You might want to cut some of it out, but... Um, We've got yeah, plenty of space. Play. See what you like. <laughs> See what yeah. you like. And with those short stories, you should try putting them on, uh, like audio, like a podcast or something. I think it's an interesting uh, format to work with. Definitely. Yeah. 
I mean, well, this is really definitely giving me a taste it? for it. All Absolutely. right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Apart well, from keep reading. It's October. Get some spooky books. Yes. Yes. What's your favorite spooky book? I well, know we're I, ending yes. things, but I've just. I mean, I I love Clive Barker. I mean, Clive Barker. Oh is, yeah. My God. Hellraiser, Candyman. But I've just picked up a really and just finished reading a really interesting novella by and I'm going to if she ever hears this, I'm going to really apologize for mangling her name. But <laughs> I think it's Nuzo Ona. So it's N-U-Z-O-O-N-O-H called The Unclean. And it's uh -oh. based in Nigeria. Um, and it is fantastic. It kind of gave me vibes of Beloved. Um, oh, but also, um, if you ever read Things Fall Apart, it's based yes, by Chinua Achebe. Yeah, it kind of gave a lot of the sort of more realistic kind of life there, kind of reminded me of that novel as well. So it's, it's excellent, definitely worth picking up. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'll do a review of it on my website. Absolutely. Now, my favorite has been Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekulak, and we will, I need to get back in touch with him so we can get him on the podcast. That'll be really fun. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite spooky book or graphic novel? Um, uh, if we talk about graphic novel, then uh, the Long Halloween, uh, it's a Batman story. Matter of fact, uh, I think... I have to double check. It's either by Jeff Loeb or by Frank Miller. But their artist, I definitely want to give a shout out. He sadly passed away oh. recently. But that's really honestly, yeah, Jeff Loeb was the comic writer. Uh, and Tim Sale, who sadly passed away, I think, I believe last year, honestly is what makes the 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 graphic novel stand out. It's a terrific Batman story. It's kind of standalone. It's about like a very specific uh, killer that's not really part of the Batman gallery of villains. Um, but if you want something to read that's spooky and has amazing art by Tim Sale, uh, it is a great, great graphic novel. I love the way that they use a lot of the like blues and oranges, uh, especially in the splash pages. Uh, now, what's amazing... a splash page? Is that when it's double? Yeah, double. Uh, there's an amazing uh, rendering of, of uh, just Joker's face that I'll always remember. Uh, yeah, The Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and art by Tim Sale is fantastic. Uh, that's what I would recommend. But along with that, we would like to plug the fact that we are doing more than one podcast a week during the month of October. We are doing special Fright Night Fridays. We just recorded and released our Slasher Series 1, yeah, where we ranked our personal top 10 uh, that we debated and Watched agreed upon. Uh, our next one will be revolved around Haunted Houses. Ooh. So we're going to be watching a whole bunch of Haunted Houses. Yes, we're going to kick it off with the others. Yeah, I think that's our first one, but we're going to be spanning all the way from films rating uh, from like 1941 to obviously uh, now movies uh, now um, we're very excited to do this uh, we also have two other 
uh, subgenres planned, and then we're going to end it with a uh, first-time special uh, draft episode where we'll select our best ones. Uh, and please, please, just as a reminder, follow us, uh, subscribe on all socials. I'll go ahead and put that in the description as well. So what are our socials that they should follow? A podcast 23 at gmail.com is where you can reach us. A podcast on TikTok. No, Nick, not TikTok. Instagram. And then on on TikTok is actually T-U-H-R-E-E-S-U-H-330. And that's my personal TikTok. But I just do all my stuff there anyway. And then Facebook is a podcast question mark exclamation point. So that's all of that. And thank you so much for joining us today, yes. Carmel. I'm so glad we finally got this taken care of. Well, let's hope we can actually hear me this time. Yes. Well, we will. We will. We have. <laughs> We're so thankful. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, and I hope again, you get you're better welcome. soon. You're welcome back anytime. Especially maybe if there's a specific movie about talking, <laughs> talking to, to us. To me. Yeah, yeah that's talk. the one. Yep, talk to me. We've got to talk uh, about it. We got to talk about it. And uh, what perfect time uh, in Halloween time, mm -hmm. you know, in October. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to our moms who listen. <laughs> ah, moms have fallen down on the job. So, uh, more mom, maybe. Yeah, well, she, she listens every now and then. <laughs> I know because she has to give me feedback. Uh, but thank you to all my friends who listen, co-workers. Luke keeps trying to make extra Spotify's. I'm like, don't actually do that, but thank you for your thoughts. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, thank you again uh, for for listening. Uh, that's it for me. All right. Signing off. I'm Teresa Stoddard. And that's Mitchell Regan. We will see you next Tuesday.